Welcome to another episode of Ball Never Lie Podcast. I'm one half of the host. I'm the coach. Luke Fo, man. Welcome back. We here. Let's get it. Yes, sir. We locked in. Here we are. We in here to the postseason. We got the play-ins coming up, but real quick, as always, we just want to thank the fans. We appreciate y'all for, for tapping in with us, all our new listeners, our, our day one listeners. We wouldn't be wouldn't be anything without y'all. Yes, sir. Keep streaming, keep reposting. We here, man. Let's get it. Yeah, but before we get into the playoffs, as we said, we're gonna keep our word. We ain't gonna run from it. We yeah. we we here as as the season's over. This probably one of the last times we're gonna talk about the season as far as the Lakers <laughs> go. But as it goes, we knew this was gonna happen. Frank Vogel got the boot. And yeah. all the exit interviews happen, but just we could just take it from 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 the top of this whole. We can you can start from the season. We can start from what happened just in the last forty eight hours with the Lakers, man. But I know I know you got I know you you've been wanting to talk to the Lakers fans. So floor is yours, folks. Yeah, I got a disclaimer, man. And this this real shit. This ain't even you know I ain't gonna come at nobody, but we as a fan base have to realize and kind of be better at how we treat players and coaches because we got to remember back when Kobe was, you know, during his last days, first of all, you know, playing in LA is already tough, but if you have the whole fan base against you and then, you know, you have the media and I'm not talking about worldwide media because worldwide media is always going to be against us, but your own media or, you know, local news, whatever, just against you, we're not going to get no stars to come here. We're not going to get good coaches to come here because nobody wants to deal with that. That's too much. You're already dealing with basketball. Yes, of course, you get paid. So, of course, you're going to have to deal with fans. But the whole fan base against you, like, that's just not going to work out. We couldn't even get interviews back then. And now, you know, we got some key free agents. We, we've been able to get guys, but we shit on them as soon as we get them. So we really have to treat the coaches and players just a little bit better, you know, show a little bit more hospitality so that we're able, you know, if we do move on or, or it doesn't work out, we're able to get, you know, key free agents still or a better coach or whatever it is at the moment. We we just got to be better. No, that's that's a fact. Just We got to know how to bunker down, stay loyal, and it's going to be hard that's times. Fact. Everything ain't going to be peaches and cream, man. Like, like not long ago, we just had Kendall Marshall running away from phase when when Nick Young was taking on the whole Phoenix Young Phoenix Suns team. So, like thing, things have been a lot worse. We've had Ryan Kelly in our starting five with that just horrible ass starting five. That I, I'm glad I don't remember, but we got Robert Sarkar out there. So we don't want to go back to them times. And then y'all y'all really gonna be complaining about everybody should be trading, be selling the team. So. Let's let's stop with that first and foremost. Yeah, and you know, we're gonna be real. Russell could have handled this better. Let's start with saying that after the exit interviews, watching it, fuck a quote. If you watch it, his attitude could have been better. Um, he definitely doesn't take accountability. He kind of at all. <laughs> he kind of yeah, he kind of threw it on Frank. Like, I don't know what his problem was. It's like, no, you could have been better. Of course, the coach is gonna be frustrated. If you're making bonehead plays and, you know, you're probably doing your own thing on offense or you're taking shots you shouldn't take, whatever it is, as a player, you could have been better. Or you could have just took the high road and said, you know, the the cop out that if we were healthy, we would have been better, which is is probably true. And that's the easiest answer to say. And that's what LeBron and AD did. 
nobody was thrown under the bus. Not we weren't, you know, we weren't good enough. It wasn't none of that. LeBron said that maybe three weeks ago when he was like, we just can't compete. But that's still better than, you know, throwing someone under the bus or not taking accountability. So Russ, you know, it's it's inevitable. He's probably going to be moved. Um, it seems like he knows he's going to be moved the way he was talking. So good luck to him. But he definitely, especially at this age of his career, where they can they can shut him out. Like, yeah, he's a great talent. But give it two more years and he has the same attitude or doesn't take accountability, which we've never heard this type of Russ. So it's going to, you know, this is going to be a stain on him and they're going to use this against him. They already don't like him. They already think he's a stat pattern. So if you have this attitude and it sucks that he has to, you know, be picture perfect, but if he has this attitude, man, he won't last that long. And it's sad to say, because Russ is a great, great player, great teammate. Everyone speaks highly of him, but this little run with the Lakers is already going to be a stain, but the way he's handling it is making it even worse. So, Good luck to him. Um, we can talk all that trade package shit later, but all I'll say is this. We need, if we do trade Russ, which we probably will, 85% sure we will, I just want competent pieces back, and I want it to be at least two or three players. I don't want a one-for-one deal because that just doesn't fix anything. Um, free agency-wise, like again, we'll talk about that later, but you know, we, we have enough spots to, you know, take on two or three contracts and kind of break it up. That way we could trade them again if we need to or whatever. But I just hope we get value back, man. That's really all I need is value. Yeah, just just start from the from the extra interviews. It picking up on, on the whole rust situation, it really looks bad, especially when everybody else on the team pretty much pretty much defense Frank Vogel. Like they they all said that they that he did his job and came in consistently. And 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 it really don't look good too when you just like, yeah, from day one, he wasn't buying in. So I was just like, whatever. Like, come on, man. Then throughout the whole season, kind of was like there was no expectation. And what are you coming to LA for, man? You 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 know it's all about winning the ring from from day one. Everybody said that from from Lakers media day on throughout the whole season. So you can't be talking about you didn't have no expectations this late in your career when everybody else is on the same page. So that's one of just the glaring signs that he definitely could have handled, take ownership. And and also from AD and Braun as well. Like, yeah, you know, we could have sailed. You're right. That is the the easy way out of the whole situation. But LeBron talking about I don't I don't make moves. I'm out of that situation. Come on, man. Don't, don't 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 lie to us. Especially just when right before the season starts, we hear Melo go a million dollars worth of game and tell you, quote, you the GM, nigga. So don't 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 come out here and say, Oh, I don't I don't make moves. Especially when Palinka has said before through the winning times and everything was good. Yeah, I consult AD and, and Braun before I make a decision. And then you go up there and say that. I, I don't like that shit. Like my man, man said none, of, none of these I don't guys like are taking shit. ownership. None of the players, <laughs> none of the coaches. Like, they're not taking ownership, and it, it sucks because now it's going to be the finger point every which way. Oh, no, it's not my fault. It's his fault. Oh, no, it's his fault. Oh, it's his fault. Oh, it's front office. Like, yo, 
as as a United front, of course, we fucking hate Kurt Rambis. We don't. Here's my only problem: we don't even know what he does. So I'm not gonna that, that, you know, go you. too hard. <laughs> but everybody seems to know, but but the media, like nobody really knows what he does. So I don't I don't get why everybody has an opinion on him. But if he is making moves, or if he is, you know, heavily involved, like the reports say, then yeah, get him the fuck out of here. Of course, but. Until we know for sure what's going on, I'm not speaking on that. I don't care about that. I care about what I see on the court. The court doesn't translate to an old white guy talking in the back. Who cares what he's talking about? Who? We've we seen them give a backdoor cut all day. Kurt Rambis can't fix that or can't talk to you and make you not give that up. Like, what do you, what does Kurt Rambis have to do with stuff like that? We've seen no effort. And then when the young guys come in, now it's all this effort. It's the veterans, bro. We got to keep it real, mellow. He needs he needs to have less minutes if he does come back, or even if he goes to another team. Melo can't pay, play 25, 30 minutes. Let's just be real. Like, no. if his shots ain't hitting, he's he's kind of like useless. Like, give him that Boogie Cousins role. How Boogie's playing maybe 18, 15 to 18 minutes, and it's an impact. He's trying on defense, which Melo has been. Melo definitely, you know, during the during the beginning and in the middle a little bit, he was trying on defense. Like he was really giving effort. You go look at some stats, you're like, damn, he had two, three blocks. Like, Melo was trying, and then... Nah, if we, I'll, I'll definitely say not to cut you off when... as If you watch the games, he was definitely talking, making switches, rotations. Yeah. Actually buying into Frank Vogel's defensive, his his coaching. And and even in the post games, he'll go out there and acknowledge if, if the team was messing up on defense or talking about what Frank was coaching him to do with the with whatever the... um whatever the, the game plan was, he would mention that. So Melo definitely bought in before before the tires just um, ran, just the tires just ran out on us. Yeah, and then you see the fourth quarter, he loses his legs. Now he's not hitting nothing. Now he's slow on defense. So it's like, you know, maybe he, he – not maybe, but he for sure needs less minutes. He's in shape, so I'm not going to, you know, even get to that. But it's just less minutes. The rest of the vet guys, just, you know, they weren't doing their thing. Wayne, of course – you can't really blame him a lot because a shooter needs to, you know, get his shots up. But in the beginning, he wasn't showing that he could hit. And another player that's pretty useless if he's not hitting. So I get it, man. The vets, I don't know what happened. You know, maybe maybe they didn't buy in from day one, but they got to take more ownership. I'm not saying Frank is, you know, he's off the, he's off the pedestal of blaming him, but he definitely, like, if it's a percentage, he's not a 50%. Like, I feel like everybody has 10, 15% if we're blaming people. But, you know, he's gone now. He he took the fall. So now that he took the fall, which is obviously people forget that there's a coaching union. So these guys are going to be talking. People aren't going to want to come. You've seen Quinn Snyder, thank God. But you've seen him um, I, the reports today. Out, Quinn. <laughs> Man, the reports today saying that he don't, he, you know, he's, He's less interested after the way they treated Vogel. Um, Stan Van Gundy that, just tweeted. And, and that lets me know another thing also that he knows he's one foot out the door in Utah. That this is this yeah. is it. If, if you already if you're about to go in the middle of a playoff run and you're already saying yeah I'm less interested in the Laker job, why is that your focus right now? Exactly. So so yeah, thanks Utah. You might you might escape by Dallas, but we'll talk about it in a second. But it's yeah. but go, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, it's just you know, like I said, it goes back to my opening statement. We gotta we gotta treat people better, or this is gonna happen. It's gonna be a domino effect of guys dropping out, not wanting it, or guys even turning us down, just like Monty did at the end, where he turned us down and went to the Suns. So 
you know, it all in all, hopefully our roster gets better. Again, we'll talk about our predictions or what we would want later, but we're, we're here, man. We're not going to run from it. Um, we were a championship favorite, so to act like – this is what I hate about people, too, to act like, oh, Polinka put together a terrible roster. Y'all weren't saying that when the, when dudes were signing their contract. Everybody was hyped. There's still tweets up, people pulling up old tweets. I don't like this notion of, oh, this team was never good to, to begin with. Yes, people had gripes with Russ, but it wasn't loud enough to where people were already against the team. Like, everybody was hyped. Everybody was happy. So we're not going to act like Polinka's just doing a terrible job now. And like Stan Van Gundy said, man, this turnaround, first of all, it hasn't even been two full years because of, you know, the, the lockout and shit. I mean, not the lockout, the uh, pandemic. So, oh, yeah, it's been 16, 18 months and all of a sudden everything's just drastically changed and Palenka's never been good. Like, you guys are so recency biased. It's crazy. I, I, I really can't fathom how crazy it is. Like, it makes no sense to me. But that's the game now. I'm not. You know, I'm not going in on Polinka. I definitely thought Vogel should be going based off, you know, the, the language on the court, like the body language, but he's not the full blame. So hopefully, you know, to close out, hopefully we just, we revamp. I, I think we have the pieces too. I think we have the money too. I think we have the brains too. And again, when you have LeBron and AD, when healthy, we have to <laughs> emphasize that. We have them too, man. It's hard to stop them. So let's just put the right pieces around them and run that shit back. Yeah, my the the last thing I I'll say on this and speak on this situation, you know, and, and Rob, I still trust. All right, he he right. he does take part of the blame, but once again, but we just won a championship not too long ago. I don't know why everybody's tripping as if we've been on this like we're on a Clippers drop or something like that. That's that's I don't I don't know what they think is going on over here. We go we're the Lakers at the end of the day, you know. I, I know a lot of Laker fans don't believe in this, but some of us still stand ten toes behind our team. Frank Vogel, yes, he had to go, like you said, to play. Like Rob said, we needed a new voice. It wasn't because of his coaching, because also as well he didn't have the roster that he's he had in the last two seasons where. They're younger, more defensive-minded, more 3 and D guys instead of more old veteran group. Now, yes, including myself, we were all hyped up. I was not hyped on Ken Bazemore like some of y'all were. I don't, I still don't understand that shit. But, again, a lot of us had high expectations for the team. It didn't happen. Hey, I'm not deleting my tweets. Hey, it is what it is. That's the game. Like you said, we move on from it. We're going to be all right. We're going to be in a and in a good situation come come back next season yes sir but you know let, let's let's get off that we did what y'all wanted we talked about them it, it's over we're gonna put it behind us until the complete off season where we can really talk break down the roster but today we got the play in nets versus uh Cavs, minnesota versus the clippers i'm if you on minnesota and clippers um nets and Cavs is going to be a good game but we were just talking about it. I, I I can go either way with it. Um, I definitely can see the Nets winning convincingly, or I can see them either losing by, you know, one or two or barely winning by one or two. So it's kind of hard for me to say. I know they're heavy favorites, but the Cavs aren't, you know, 
just some jokes out here. So what what's your thoughts on the game, the matchup, and just the playing period? I do like the today's play, tonight's playing matchups. Um, just starting with the first game, like you said, we were just talking about the Nets and Cavs. Just because it's, we're talking about a, a one-game scenario right now, especially with, with both teams having that, that double elimination side to them, I'm going to go. I think the Cleveland Cavs are going to pull it out tonight. Like you said, it was going back and forth. I think the, the key that I, I question with, with Brooklyn is who's going to be that third scorer with Seth Curry out. We know KD KD's going to be KD. Kyrie's going to get his, but I don't know who's going to be that third scorer that you have to worry about where you, with Seth Curry, you can't leave him. Now it's who else do you worry about as far as defending on Brooklyn? And also, too, Brooklyn fouls a lot on defense. I don't know if a lot of people realize that, but they send a lot of teams to the free throw line. With somebody like Darius Gardner attacking and setting up his teammates and with the bigs like Evan Mobley back, Laurie Markman, Kevin Love, and, just, and also Karis Avery, who I think is going to show up tonight, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for Brooklyn to defend that for a full 48 minutes. So I think the Cavs, Cavs are going to win this game. If Brooklyn wins, it wouldn't be a surprise, but I'm going to take the Cavs in, 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 in that game right there. I just thought about this. Can the cat? I mean, can Steve Nash be out coached today, and that's the reason they lose? Oh, definitely. Uh, I that's that that that's that's not that's an option for sure. I think that that might be not an X factor because we already know JB Bickerstaff is already a better coach, but I think that that can be a slept on thing because, of course, you look at Brooklyn, you're already going oh, KD Kyrie superstars versus an up-and-coming team. But like you said, they play defensively. To me, they're talent-wise deeper when it comes to the scoring and, you know, just playing together. Like, yeah, Bruce Brown has been stepping up, but he's still not an offensive guy. So if you break it down, Katie and Kyrie are, are levels above everyone else. But then you have Darius Garland. Like you said, Kevin Love, he just had 18 in the first quarter last – or two nights ago. Five for five, 18 points in the first quarter. I'm so saying, you have man. Him. You have Laurie, seven-footer, Evan Mobley's back, Karis LeVert. Like, they have some guys. You have Rondo's experience. So, Rondo coming off the bench could be huge tonight. And like you said, for Brooklyn, shit, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Patty Mills or is it going to be Andre Drummond that, you know, gives them that little 15-15 and 15 to help them? Like, who's it going to be? I don't know. I personally think with Curry out, Cam, Cam needs the minutes, man. I, Steve Nash has been playing with him. I don't think he gets, he doesn't get the hate that a lot of coaches get for not playing certain players. But Cam, from day one, when we had the damn draft, I said it was the skill of the draft. You said it as well. He is a hooper, man. I, I think these moments are meant for him, especially when you have a guy in his position that's out. So and he's be not afraid to see if he plays. I don't know. He's not afraid out there. He goes he he go get his shots off. So and you, you, it's probably gonna come down to that if you need a shot, if you need somebody who's gonna give you that, that scoring, that scoring punch that's unexpected. So, hey, let's let's see what happens tonight. And the, hey, they um, can't, they can't play ISO ball all day. I'll say that. That's no, gonna, that's gonna fuck them over. because nope. Cleveland will load up and 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 Evan and Evan Mobley be will be ready too. He can switch on anything. 
can guard one through five. So it's it's like you said, it's definitely going to be a, a great matchup as far as Brooklyn's offense against Cleveland's defense and, and the matchups that 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 the Cavaliers can provide out there. And then also, too, as well, I got to say this, Jared Allen, man, you got to play. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, take them fingers. Take them fingers up, man. It, it, it's, it's on your non-shooting hand. You, 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 you got to go out there and boot up. That's, that's just me. It's, it's, it's playoff time. If, if they win, hopefully you'll be ready for game one. But if, yeah. if it isn't, that's one of the things I, I don't want to hear. Oh, man, I should have came back for, for the team. Now, if, if they go out and, and he doesn't play both games, assuming that they lose, I, I, I don't want to hear the what is. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to sit out this one. Like you said, if they lose next game, he has to play. Has to. Yeah, for sure. In the over in the West with um with the Timberwolves versus the the Clippers, who you got pulling out this one? I got. It's hard, man. I can see it either way, but. Yeah, it's too hard. If I got to make a choice, I'm, I'm going with the Timberwolves, I guess. But I can see Paul George going off for 40. I can't lie. Now, um, I definitely – I, I and when I was looking at it, I'd say either team could win it also. But I think home court and – and you know what? I I, I want to see. I want to see if the if the Timberwolves and not just the Timberwolves. I want to see if Cat can really step up to that level of if can he get his team into the playoffs. He's been talking. He's the he's the best big man shooter. This is this is those times when you prove it. Can you can you put can you put your team over the top against against these Clippers because they gonna come out here. Ty Lue gonna put them in the best situation to win as far as coaching wise. I'm not. I'm not going to question that. I want to see if the players are going to go out here and win this game. I I believe I think four PF goes show out, man. I think Anthony Edwards he going to get his. I want to see if Patrick Beverly could be an X factor. Also going against his former team, knowing how much love he had for them, they just said and they just gave him the dough. So I want to see if he can if he's going to mix it up and and be that Patrick Beverly that he was for them against that team. Also, see that's that's the thing with me. I think Evan, uh, not Evan, Anthony Edwards could shoot him out the game as well, bro. So it's like he can, which is why I want to see. Hard. I want to see this. <laughs> it, it's so hard to you know to really to choose because, like you said, if Cat steps up, Zubac's no no slouch, but he's still not. He's not as skilled as Cat, so I can see Zubac getting in foul trouble, and that right. will be the difference because obviously. I, he can't stop Cat, but he can definitely slow him down and bump with him. And, you know, like, fatigue-wise or just, you know, knick-knack fouls, if, if a dude feels like he's getting fouled, that can take him out the game. So I can see that happening, but I also can see Zubac getting two quick fouls in the first quarter, and now they're scrambling on who's going to guard Cat, switching off. Um, yeah, don't just, put it, Isaiah Hardenstein out there. Don't, yeah, don't like have he, it to be he, Isaiah Hardenstein. He's better playmaking wise, and he can shoot better. But defense, rebounding, like I, I'm. Yeah, he's like a spark plug, but he's not really a spark plug to me. But like, I think Norman Powell's gonna be the real spark plug tonight if they have a chance. Not even have a chance if they do win, or if they, you know, if they need that extra that spark. Norman's gonna be that guy 
and I I think he's major tonight. Like, if they win, it's going to be off him getting at least 15 to 20 while Paul, Paul George is doing 28, maybe 30. Yeah, but then I also think the, the Luke Kennard's got to show up, continue, continue. He's not do playing what he's tonight. Doing. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's officially out. That that's what changes a lot for me too. Whoo, that's different. That's tough because that's that's somebody who could definitely spread that floor for you. So that means Reggie Jackson and Mar- and Marcus Morris definitely got to got to bring their A games and and not take some wild ass shots. Yeah, it. That's see, that's another thing. Like he's another guy where. Even more, it's like if they're not hitting their shots, they're not impacting the game enough for me to be comfortable enough to be like, yeah, Clippers got this. Because obviously you have Paul George. Yeah, he's just coming back, but he's completely healthy. He's looking like himself, so I'm not going to give them an excuse. But the rest of those guys are too iffy. Like even Norman Powell, like if he's not hitting, yeah, he's good defensively, but you need his offense today. You need – everybody's offense for real for real because if it's a drought it's paul george versus you know three four guys on on minnesota and he's not gonna win that battle i'm sorry he's not yeah so it's definitely gonna be two good games definitely gonna lock into those and then uh tomorrow we got who's on we got the nine and ten seeds matching up so you got the the Mm -hmm. pelicans and the spurs on the west and then on the east you got the the Hawks and the Hornets. I'm going to start with the East. I think it's definitely going to be a high-scoring game. Ain't going to be too much defense played. So this could be exciting. But I think since, uh, once again, we're talking about a one-game situation scenario, I think the Charlotte Hornets is going to pull it off, man. I think they can win it. Wow. I'm shocked. I, I'm, 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 going, I'm going with the underdogs. And, no, it's not because of Trey Young. I Think Trey Young gonna gonna come in and show out. It's the it's the others that that I that that I worry about. I don't. I I just don't see everybody showing up. I don't see Bogdanovich pretty much providing that shooting for him when needed. Yeah. I, I this just what I just think that if if the Hornets could just get in that in, in that in in that tempo where they want it, where it's just up and down and kind of organized chaos. Then, then they can, then, then they can win the game. But if, if Trey Young can can control the game from jump, where it's it's his space, where he knows when to slow it down and when to speed it up, then and then also too, this is this is a big game for him as well in a single elimination game. He's he's been having a great season, so we'll see if he can put them in the playoffs. Because if they miss the playoffs, coming off of last season, also we got to talk about them in the offseason as well. It's sad because, like, obviously I'm I'm kind of rooting against the Hawks. But Charlotte don't play no defense. Like you said, it's going to be high scoring. Hawks, Hawks aren't, like, too much better than them. They're just a little bit. But this – for Charlotte, like, they get a pass if they lose because they're still young. You know, some guys, mostly Gordon Hayward, but some guys just aren't – they're in and out the lineup. They aren't completely there. But for the Hawks, oh no, man, yeah, for sure. The Hawks, to me, like I, I mean, I said it from the beginning of the season. They don't get no excuse, man. You, you brung back the same squad, which means you're running it back. You look at the Suns, the Bucks, and the Hawks, though, and the Grizzlies. Those are like four of the teams that really ran it back. 
and everyone's performing. Everyone got even better, but the Hawks. The Hawks digress. So it's like, eh, like like you said, I, I can't wait for the offseason because they're gonna get this work, man. They there's no way you go from the Eastern Conference Finals to the play-in. And, you know, a lot of teams get bashed. Most of the Lakers, obviously, they're in L.A., but that's not fair that they get to get bashed and a team that went all the way there and now is in the plan is, you know, just cool, smooth sailing. Like, nah, like, even when we get to the All-NBA, man, Trey Young not as high as people think, but we'll get to that. So for, for that game, I kind of have Charlotte, too, but I think, it like, points-wise, if Trey Young's able to get to 35, I think the Hawks win. I don't know why, but that number for me, 35, I can see a 40-point game. But if he gets to 35, I got them winning. No, yeah. If 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 Trey gets to 40, then they they I I he I think the Hawks are gonna definitely win it. But he's definitely gonna have one of those like 35 and, and 13 games for 13 assists for them to win. If he if he has single digit assists, I don't see them winning this game. Yeah. Yeah, but the, see, here's another thing with that, man. Like, I'm going to give him his credit because he does, you know, get his assists, but six or seven of those be lobs. Like, I don't – like. Oh, I'm yeah, I know. Say, I'm not going to say he's a bad passer or anything. Oh, wow, John Collins is officially out on Wednesday as we're talking about it. That's funny. But I, I don't think yeah. he's a bad passer or he's not a playmaker, but he's definitely not as elite as the numbers show because I he's not that- doing nothing like – difficult i think that goes back to uh what you tweeted uh, um if if john stockton was in today's game oh, he will he will put up crazy numbers crazy like i don't think he's ever going to get touched but if he was in today's game i think <laughs> they, they would call him a stat pattern in my yeah. opinion that, he, that's, he's that's definitely getting He's definitely getting double digit assists off, off 10 lobs a game, every, at least. Yeah, that would, that, man, the hate for him would be even worse. But I don't know. It, man, that, that game is hard to call. That's a hard one. But I, I think I have to go. And Atlanta's at home. They got the same exact record. <sighs> I gotta go. I gotta go Hornets, man. I gotta go Hornets. Who's stopping Lamelo? Who's stopping Lamelo? And then you can't hide Trey Young on on Terry Rozier because he's a hooper. So it's like, I don't know, man. Hopefully Miles Bridges. He's kind of been in a like big. Hopefully he he comes out and hoops, man. He, this is the team where he can hoop on. He can get his mojo back because he's been in a little slump. I've been watching their games. Last especially five with games. No John Collins. Yeah, especially, exactly. And then there's nobody that can jump with him or nobody that keeps up with him. So it's like, he better have a good game, but I don't know, man. Trey Young got to get I, 35. That's what I'm going to say. I, I, need my, I need the Hornets and Miles Bridges to get off also because I need one of them snippets after the game. <laughs> yeah. But this, this Spurs, Spurs and uh, Pelicans, who you got? Man, you know who I'm going with, man. I, I, I'm rocking with my man, B.I. It's, I'm, I'm going with the Pelicans. I, 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 do, I do think it's going to be an interesting game. 
I, I like the matchup with DeJounte Murray out there. I don't think no one's going to really stop him from really impacting the game as far as – I think he's definitely going to get a triple-double. I want to I wanna see um, who is Keldon Johnson out there. The Spurs have been looking definitely good at trending upwards towards the, the way they've been playing. Neither team is going to have really an impact of the AC because I think they're going to lose against the Clippers no matter what. But it's – this game is still going to be just good to watch as far as basketball-wise. So, I got I got the Pelicans winning. I think Ingram and CJ McCollum are, are definitely going to show up and show out. So, I'll take the Pelicans in that one. I'm rocking with you. I got the Pelicans too. But I, I will say this. play uh, Playing-wise, matchup-wise, this is the best matchup because – Facts. Every every player matches up pretty well. Like you said, DeJounte Murray is probably going to guard um, C.J. McCollum. And Josh Richardson is going to guard the point guard. And then B.I. is probably being guarded by Keldon Johnson. So it's like, this is going to be a good, good matchup to watch. I think, personally, if the Pelicans win, which I have them winning, I think they have a chance to beat the Clippers for the A.C., honestly. Uh, they've gave the Clippers fits all year. You get a healthy team. Both teams are healthy, but the Clippers have had fits with them all year. Um, shit, the Pelicans just had a crazy game to end the season with them with that, that is true. huge comeback. So it, I don't know. It, hey, it, it could you know be. What? I, you know, you're right. If if it is the Clippers and Pelicans for that AC, I will say this: I'm underselling Pelicans a little bit right now. I will say shout out to Willie Green, man, for, for bringing his team back from a 1-12 start to being in this situation. That's so, – salute to that salute to that black man right there. For Good sure. Because a, a lot of – if he was in the NFL and he started like that, his ass would have been fired. Mid-season, but, oh, yeah, he, he did. He did really well. This Pelicans team is it's pretty fun to watch. Um. There's a couple of guys I don't really like on that squad, but they can fix that in off season. But I, I got them winning Wednesday night. Spurs again will come up short, um, but they they're building over there. They they have some cornerstone pieces, and then they have some pieces that kind of fit well with them. Obviously, I think they're gonna need something else. I was talking to a coworker today. I don't know why he said it, but after he said it, it made sense. They low-key should go after, like, a Julius Randle. Like, they just need a little more offense. They need a a fake star. Not a, not a superstar, but, like, you know, tier two level player. DeJounte's that, but they also need, like, another one because obviously this league is full of superstars or two or three stars. So they need a little help over there. That would be an interesting fit. But yeah, I don't think in that it, situation – if if I if, let's say just hypothesis we just right there if if I was if I was the Knicks I definitely ask for like Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker back I mean I know the Spurs would say no and that's why they won't get him <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and I don't I don't know I don't this ain't this ain't the old days I don't think nobody's going to the Spurs as a free agent so they're kind of no they're gonna have to keep building which they are building well but. Greg ain't got too much time left to, you know, keep playing with these kids. So they better try to get one more piece and make one more run, which I don't like. I'm 100 percent sure they don't. But if they were to, 
they better get that last run in now because after this, it's curtains for, for a lot of guys, a lot of teams, because LeBron's probably two or three years left. So then we probably really do get the Kawhi, Paul George um, takeover if they stay healthy. So it's going to be hard. Bucks are still the Bucks. Suns look good. It's going to be hard for a lot of teams to even sniff the championship. So they better get their runs in quick. Yeah, definitely. That's for sure. Um, since we since we in the play-ins, um, before we get to the playoffs, we are at the end of the season, you know. So since we we got our unofficial votes, let's talk about these end of the season awards, man. Um, we already agreed that Tyler Hero, hands down, is going to be the um, sixth man of the year award. Yes, sir. Um, Coach of the year award, you still got Monty Williams. Yeah. Same. I think Monty Williams. I, I switched my most improved though. Okay. Hey, before hey, before before we get into uh most improved, I'll mm -hmm. say this about the coach of the year award. And I'll ask you this. How many co winners of the coach of the year award have you seen in, at least recently also win the NBA championship? Zero. That's all I'm going to just say, just leading into our picks. But go right on ahead. Most improved. I've, I've, I really sat there and thought about it because we had so many names from the last podcast, even though that was only a week ago. I kind of – I'm kind of riding that Jordan Poole wave because – only because – I'm not going to say I, I wrote him off, but a lot of people did kind of already write him off as a bust or not a good fit. And now the conversation is, do, do, you know, does Clay know his place? Because Jordan Poole is really the second scorer now. So for him to make that leap is crazy in itself. But to also own that, like, it's not like he's like he's a fraud. Like, people are hyping him up. Like, nah, he's really like that. Which he was in college, too. But when he got to the NBA, it was iffy. It was kind of just like this James Wiseman situation. But. He he dug himself out that hole, and that's that that's what most improve is. It's not just points and stats. It's where you where you are, which is why I get why you say you know anybody in the top five picks shouldn't be most improved conversation because they're they're already put on a pedestal. So for them to improve is just all them, I'm saying. yeah, it's just them going into the spot that they were already supposed to be in. So for him to be where he was. And I'm not even going off – I don't even like what Draymond said. Like, Draymond I, – I wish they would take his microphone away. Like, I'm so tired. <laughs> Everything just that Draymond it, says is not correct. It, 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 it disgusts me. And then he just talked – like, yes, you, you're, you're in the NBA. But a thing I hate is when a guy thinks, oh, because I'm in this position, I know way more than you'll ever know. And that's why I hate when people debate. Yeah. Like, I, like, yeah, Skip and, and, and Stephen A, they're – they're definitely outrageous, but to pull the, oh, I play here, you don't know nothing about it. It's like, if a dude studies forever, just because he's not a doctor doesn't mean he doesn't know symptoms and, you know, whatever. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, yes, you could say on a professional level, you don't know. But if we're talking just, you know, debating, like, yeah, he knows a little, like, reporters, voters know a little something. Yeah, they fuck up a lot, but they know a little something. Like, I don't know. But Jordan Poole definitely, to me, ran away with most improved. 
when you really look at the situations. Like you look at the names, Miles Bridges is definitely, you know, in the top five, but he didn't improve enough to be most improved. Like Miles Bridges is what um uh Devontae Graham was that one year where he was like up for that award. To me, they're like I, the same thing. I I think what it is, I and, and I know what you're saying, it's yes, you you improve vastly, but not enough to impact the overall of the team. Like how exactly. we especially have we seen with Jordan Poole, like especially early with Jordan Poole, just going back to what he says rookie. In the preseason, we've seen those highlights of him getting shook up. And that's a part of the game. That's a part of the league. It, it humbled him. I'm, for sure, Dick, because we've seen it everywhere on, on Instagram, on Twitter. So I'm sure he's seen it. So and then the comments, the way people be talking crazy out here nowadays, the folks. So he definitely heard about it. There was nowhere for him to run. He went from averaging eight points a game from his rookie year, which is 2019, 20, 2020. Mind you, that's not even a full season because that's when the pandemic happened. Then we're talking to now where he's putting up 18 a game. So that's a huge, that's a huge vast improvement to where when Steph Curry went down, if he didn't perform the way he was, that that he is now, I should say, they wouldn't be in the three seed. They'd definitely probably be at worst at the five seed. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing. He kept them afloat better than we thought he could or we thought he would. Like he definitely stepped up. Especially while Clay was still getting his legs under him, and we're not, and we're talking still with Draymond trying to find his legs. We're not talking about Defensive Player of the Year Draymond, at least. We're talking about somebody who's still trying to get himself and rev himself up in, into into game shape in the playoff shape. Yeah, but um, for MVP, you still got Jokic. You know what? I do not have Jokic. Mm. Who you got? I, I got, I got, I got to give it to the big fella out in Philly, man. I got to yeah. give it to him. Be when, we, when we're talking about overall narratives and from where they've started, that man's been through a through a whole lot of BS over there in Philly, just dealing with the sideshow of the whole Ben Simmons situation. And I'm not putting that all on Ben Simmons because that has a lot to do with the front office and and Doc Rivers also as well. Just that whole total overall show. And him not having that 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 true second running mate to to carry the load with him, where even till now it's kind of the same thing when James Harden has kind of faded away and already has turned into playoff Harden before the season has even ended. It it still put the team on my back, give me the ball. He's aver- he's averaging close to thirty one points and and about twelve boards a game. And he's been doing that consistently throughout the from from game one to game 82 to where he's played. And this is the most games that we've seen and be played throughout the whole season. He stayed healthy. He got his team in this situation. So and with and when we're talking about MVPs and this is when I when how I decide who the MVP is, it's the most impactful player on that team that you are truly valuable to. Because if you remove that player from that team, where would they be? That's a lottery team if you take Joel Embiid off the court by far. That's no disrespect to what Devin Booker's done. But you also got Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden is who he's supposed to be. There's still a playoff team in the West. With 
with a lot of these other teams, they will still be playoff teams, except Joel Embiid. So for me, I, I got to give it to the big fella. Man, I'm with you. I changed mine too. I got to be. Man. <laughs> and I'm going to say why. I'm not going to lie. I think Embiid is going to – he's going to win off the sheer fact of how we said, like, they don't like – they don't like when a guy's doing the same exact thing. Like Giannis is still being Giannis. But Embiid, like you said, the narrative, he's dealt with Ben Simmons, you know, debacle. Then James Harden's come over. He looked good for three games. And then for the rest, he's been terrible. His team isn't – like people talk about how bad the Nuggets roster is, but the Sixers roster isn't good at all either. Excuse me. So to me, just averaging – what he's averaging and then if you really watch him he's doing it on a consistent basis i get why people don't like him which i'm included he he doesn't play basketball just to play basketball he plays basketball to trick the refs and try to get an advantage i think that's corny but it is what it is that's gonna stop in the playoffs and if they lose here's the only thing because the mvp doesn't get announced till later if they somehow if they somehow lose in that first round does he still win it do you think they can still give it to him? Yeah, because it, it's the season. The uh, they already voted on all the awards. As soon as the regular season's over, they voted. Oh, okay, they voted. Okay, okay. Then never mind. But I, I'm here's another thing. I'm I'm gonna propose this. I'm I'm for having a kind of like the summer league having a playoff MVP because Coach that on. MVP. That MVP could be cool and all, but we've seen MVPs lose in the first round or not make it where they were supposed to. Like, the Sixers team is still supposed to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I don't think anybody has them making it other than, like, a Kendrick Perkins. I don't see nobody saying they're making it there. So That's true. So I think a playoff MVP should be established. I mean, of course, the history of the game, like, that's going to change a lot, but shit, they already started doing plans. Like, that would have changed a lot in history. So, I think they should do that. That will add a little extra, you know, a little extra sweetener for the playoffs and, you know, for debates and and just, you know, determining who really is that guy. Because, yeah, Jokic might, you know, if he was to get MVP, it's going to look so fraud because I don't think they're going to, you know, they're going to do make any noise in the playoffs. Like, yeah, the Warriors aren't good, but Curry's coming back. And let's be real, the Nuggets aren't going to put up enough points. Like, it takes Aaron Gordon, no. and it's sad because it's, it's him. He should be averaging almost 18 to 20. But when he has 20, they look so much better. But he, it's, like, rare that he gets 20 points. Like, he gets 10 to 12 points, and that's just it. And that's what it's supposed to be like. Nah, man, that's not going to work against the Warriors, man. I'm sorry. So... I don't know. I I hope I'm gonna say I really hope he doesn't win MVP because it's just again it's gonna impact losing. Like it's gonna be cool for seven six seed to win awards that they shouldn't win, and I don't think that's that's good for the game. Like yeah, especially in a year, especially not to cut you off. My bad. Especially in a year like this, where across the board, yeah, like exactly. There's, there's dudes putting up numbers and really carrying their team and impacting their teams, like. I would rather see Luka Doncic win it before Jokic does for based off, like I said, of what a true MVP is. That's a that's another lottery team also as well without 
without Luca, and he's been doing it by himself pretty much before before the trade deal. Uh, before after I'll say after trade deal where he started to get consistent help. Yeah, it. I don't know, man. I, it's just gonna it, it's it's gonna be a, a stain on the league because then you're gonna say, oh well, coaches that are in the seventh, eighth seed should win coach of the year. Like, yeah, Willie Green did great, but we're not gonna overlook all those guys the at the top. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, man. But for that, I guess we both switched MVP, so we went over those awards. What's your what's your All NBA teams looking like? Oh no, I'm sorry, defensive player. What's your defensive player of the year? Man, I they have the I, finalists now. The finalists is Rudy Gobert, Michael Bridges, and Marcus Smart. You know what, man? I'm a I'ma go ahead. I'm a, I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Marcus Smart, man. And 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 here's why. Marcus Smart, he he I'm not he he doesn't defend all one through five. Let's 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 just say that. I'm I'm not I I get why he says that, but he's not going out there stopping no Giannis. Now he's willing to defend those players and, and sacrifice his body, which I, I respect. That also goes to defensive player of the year. But the he without him, the Celtics are not a two seed. Like, yes, you give a lot of credit to, to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but that's just one side of it. He's really the defensive culture of that team. Because we've even seen them without Robert Williams now, they still play defense and they still know their rotations. They're still switching as a team. They're still playing great on that side of the ball. Now, hopefully, if depending on the matchups, if Robert Williams does come back, that only makes them better. But Marcus Smart really does go out there, sacrifices his body, goes out there, defends at 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 all at one through four at least, gets deflections gets his hands on the balls and and really has an imprint on the game. Almost almost reminds me, I'm not saying to the level of a Tony Allen, but kind of that defense, especially where you you can't play that physical nowadays in today's NBA, but yet he still knows how to use his body and and still be physical and yet still be savvy also as well. Yeah. I'm still rocking with Smart too and I'm going to say why I think that this award should be looked at as like an MVP of defense. And he's clear-cut the MVP. Sure. He's clear-cut sure. the MVP. Like you said, like, he he's the vocal leader. You can see how scrappy he plays. And if we're just looking at the other two um, contestants or candidates, I think, like, Bridges is definitely – he's there. But he's going to be on like, the defensive team. Yeah, he'll be on that, but I don't. I don't like the hype around it right now. It's like he's not completely shutting niggas down. Like, like they trying to act like he is. Like that's a team effort for being for real. Like they switch everything. You have Devin Booker, who's you know improved tremendously. It's it's just hard for a guy like that to win Defensive Player of the Year when, I mean, he hasn't missed a game, so you can't say how they would look without him. But the whole team, to me, obviously, Aiden is is not great defensively, but the whole team is bought in. You get what I'm saying? Like, for the Jazz, yeah. the team is bought in, but you can tell where Rudy is, is like, his impact is. Like, teams don't attack the rim the same way they do when he goes to the bench. When he goes to the bench, it's like they have damn near 50 points in the paint. It's a big difference. And for Marcus Smart, the team is already undersized most, most times when they're playing. And yep. – 
I, I don't like that he did say he guards one through five. That's cap. He guards one through four, but mostly one through three. And he's really doing his thing. That that team also does play team defense, but you can see his imprint way more than anybody else in the league. Nobody else in the league has the same imprint as Marcus Smart. And that's why I think he's defensive player of the year. And like I said, to me, I look at it as the MVP. So his imprint on the team is MVP-like on defense. No, definitely. And I, I'll say when healthy and, and when locked in, Draymond is that for, for Golden State. He's also in that in that realm. But but yeah, but we're talking about just these these three right here that I, I gotta give it to Smart. And we can stop giving the award to Rudy Gobert. He's he's done crying about it. We ain't gotta keep giving him the award every year either as well, because he's definitely not the best defensive player of the year, especially with the amount of games that he missed also as well. He's missed way too many games, honestly, to be up there, if you ask me. Yeah. But oh, now we got the uh, All-NBA. Go ahead, my brother. But before we go on to All-NBA, we got one more. Um, who, who's your rookie of the year? I'm staying with Evan Mobley, man. Um, I see a claim for Scotty. Like, Scotty's he's like, he's, like, knocking on my door type shit. Like, I see it, but I, I can't look away from – how good the Cavs are defensively and their seeding. Like, he's definitely a huge part of that, especially with um, Colin going down. Like, we we didn't expect the Cavs to be where they were when he when um, Evan Mobley was healthy. Obviously, they, they dropped down now, but when he was healthy, they were a top three seed, and I can't ignore that. I just can't. Yeah, for, for me, I've, I've gone back and forth. I've, I've, I've loved what Scotty Barnes has been doing. And shout out to K too, man. Motorcade has been hooping. He's definitely going to be a future All Star in this league. I can't wait to see how much how much better he does, especially going to a full season with him. But you said it, man. Just the impact that Evan Mobley has brought from day one is has been has been tremendous for Cleveland. And I don't think they would be in this playing situation without without Evan Mobley. Not saying Darius Garland has not been more impactful, but when we look at Toronto's roster and how it's constructed and how well they've been playing, yes, I'll say I, I was huge on Scotty Barnes. I still am. He he held it down without Pascal Siakam, but we've seen once those guys start hitting their stride that that who that they starting to lead the team. And and Scotty Barnes has played his role well. But Evan Mobley has definitely stepped up and has been the best defensive player on that team to the point where he can arguably make the all-defensive team. I'm sure – I hope he makes it uh, all-NBA second team. Uh, not not second team, all, uh, all-NBA defensive second team. But he's definitely uh, a future all-star in this league also as well. And the way he plays defense, he's somebody who can guard a one through five. I don't see too many point guards beating him off the dribble, going by him, attacking him. And even with his his what is it his his um his lean frame, he's still defending his own. He's not getting bullied in the paint. He's still blocking shots and still rebounding at the high clip. So sky's the limit for Evan Mobley, and he, I think he's gonna get that rookie of the year also. Yeah, it, it's it's not gonna be too long before he's a top fifteen player. I'll say two or three years for real. If if he trajects the way he's been trajecting. Yeah, if he stays on that same pathway, he he's definitely going to be mentioned in, in that top fifteen, top twenty. 
You know, but this is the hard one. All NBA, man. It's three different teams. So, of course, everyone has a different opinion. But let's just read off our, our first teams first. So, I got Devin Booker, Luka, uh, Giannis, Embiid. And then I see the debate about, you know, putting Jokic and Embiid together. But I'm not doing that because I just don't believe in that. I, I, I want to keep it traditional. So, I got Tatum instead of Jokic. That's my first team. Okay. You wanna you wanna go all three teams? You was going uh you wanna go uh one first and first and then uh two to let's two. do first and first so we don't forget or like oh you know, for sure. Let's... I got uh for my first team, same as the guards, I got I got um I got Luca and um Devin Booker is my first team. Um at the center position, I put in B at the forward position, I put I did put Giannis, and then for, for my other fourth spot. And, and and I see why you mentioned Tatum. I went back and forth between um between Tatum and Durant. And and I have to put Tatum also as well. Like I said in the beginning of the season, I thought he could make a uh I thought he would be a dark horse as far as um MVP candidate. Started a little bit late, literally started in the year 2022, where he started to really, I don't want to say change his game, but it, it he took it to another level. And and we we see he's really he's the main reason why we see where the Celtics are at the, at the two seed as far as them offensively, but yeah. but yeah, pretty much we we got the same uh first team. Dope. All right, for for my second team, I got Curry, Ja. Um, for the forwards, I got Katie and DeRozan, and then my center is um Nikolai Jokic. Yep, pretty much the same. I got I got Curry, Jod the guards, DeRozan, uh, Durant, and then Jokic. You're flying by then. So for the third team, this is where I have the debate. So Trey Young is obviously going to be there, but I feel like I wouldn't be mad if Chris Paul snubbed him. I wouldn't be mad, but I have Trey Young, D. Mitch. LeBron, Jalen Brown, and Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, okay. Hey, hey, you know, I, I, I still go back and forth with who my point guard be, just because you mentioned Chris Paul and Trey Young. But I, I'm gonna start at, at my five position. I got, I got um, Carl Anthony Towns at 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 one of my four positions. I got. I got Braun. Braun would be there. At where am I? See, still, yeah, I, that, that's the thing. At, at my other four spot, I was thinking, I, I thought about um, Jalen Brown, but then as, as as I keep looking, I'm like, hmm. I, I just don't. I. I I see a lot of people, and 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 I don't know why I'm, I'm feeling this way. I feel like Chris Middleton might sneak in and steal a spot. Just see, I, if I, he does, and I wouldn't be mad at that. If he does, I just want to put Jalen Brown back at guard then and take off Donovan Mitchell. 
And, and I had, and, and that's who, and that's who I think who, who could be the odd man out, and and that's where I was going to end up because Jalen Brown deserves a spot on there too, and his impact is is clearly being a, a lot better in Boston than what we see in Utah. Yeah, and so, that's where that's where I was just trying to put my head around and get to. So can we agree that I mean it's kind of obvious, but can we agree that Mitchell is worse than he's ever been? Even though he looks better, but it's like it's something about him that to me isn't the same. Don obviously we know the drama and all that, but I'm saying like on the court, he's not like I feel like he was an easy top 15, and now I feel like he's not an easy top 15. Like it's a it's a good debate if he's in the top 15. Yeah, like it's like you said, he 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 still get his, but it's kind of like when it's almost like we seen what he did in the bubble, and then the year end, and it was like, okay, he he was definitely put on the map. Now we was like, a lot of us said Donovan was here, but now it's like last year it was like, okay, you had the ankle injury, so we know you was battling through that, but it's like he the it hasn't it hasn't gotten any better. He hasn't gotten any better or taken his game to where everyone was saying he's the Dwayne Wade 2.0. And I haven't really seen that yet, once again. Yeah, it's – I don't know, man. Like, obviously, like, again, we'll talk about it in the offseason, but he seems like he's 80% gone unless they don't find the value. I can understand him not being gone because the value, depending what people offer, I can see him Still like high. get stuck. Yeah, his value is high. And Utah obviously has to sell high, even though, oh, Curry's playing. Seth Curry's playing for – Brooklyn tonight. That's a huge upgrade. Oh, that changes a, a lot. Upgrade. Changes a lot for sure. So now I definitely got them winning. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. they got a better chance than I think now. Yeah, yeah. That now now that's no debate. Now yeah, we don't even have yeah. to worry about it. <laughs> Brooklyn for the win. Yeah, but I don't know Donovan Mitchell. Like, like you said, maybe I mean, like I say. I feel like maybe he is just doing the same exact thing. It's just not hitting the same. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I ain't gonna lie. Oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I mean, hey, that's 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 who I got. So my 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 starting my my third team, I got Cat, Braun, Middleton, Jalen Brown, and Trey Young. Okay, I can see that. That's. Damn, all right, yeah, the snub's going to be crazy because I could see a debate where LeBron missed too many games to be two or three. And then I could see where, you know, like Kevin Durant, the debate of him being in first team because of how many games he missed. It, yep. it's gonna, when, when this list comes out, it's going to be so much hatred. I, I can already see it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's why we're here. And that's why we, we, we talk about it. Yeah, uh, the playing man, I can't wait. So for the playoffs, let's do a quick preview. What? How you feeling about this Philly Raptors? I, I tweeted. I tweeted it. I'm gonna say it on here. I'm gonna put it on wax. I got Toronto in six. I think Matias Thibel missing, not being able to play in Toronto is gonna be a bigger factor than what people really think. He's really the uh, somebody who defends. 
an, a, another one through four, especially how the way Toronto has their lineups, he can guard their one through five lineup. But without him, it's, 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 if Toronto can catch fire, if they take, if they can sneak one in Philly, maybe two, they, I can see Philly definitely dropping one at home. We've seen them already lose a game seven at home. So that's not that's without a, a question factor of home court advantage. I, I can see Doc Rivers once again butting the bed and and then we gotta start having a conversation on Philly and, and what's next for them. So I definitely got um Toronto in, in six. How you feel about it? I can see it. People forget that Toronto's the only team to really have Joel and B scoreless for 32 minutes. They got a lot of bodies to throw at them. Um I don't know. I don't know, man. It, this all, which we already know, this all depends on James Harden. I don't know what James Harden we're getting, so it's hard to even say, but I can see this going to seven games for sure. I can see this yeah. going to seven. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I, I don't have a winner, but I'm not, like, I'm not at all shocked if the Raptors get it done in six. Like, from your prediction, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Like, Nothing in my body would be like, wow, that's crazy. Cause it's too many, yeah. it's too many factors for Philly. It's way too many. And then that's another team that doesn't have a real third score because Tobias kind of still hasn't found his way. So it's like if he is Tobias and he's giving them 16, 17, then then yeah, they they should be able to win in six. But if he has two off games because it's a long series, then they're in trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. So if I have to pick a winner, I have to say Philly in seven. But I think that this all depends on what James Harden we get. Because if if we get the pass of James Harden, then Tobias is a second score, and that's recipe for disaster. If we get the score yeah. James Harden and, you know, only passing off when he needs to, then this could be real tough for Toronto. Yep. And then um in in a three six matchup, um, who you got? Well, I think we all know we got the uh Bucks gonna win. Bucks Bucks gonna get this one over with. Yeah. I got the but I got the Bucks going all the way, but I don't I wanna see what happens with Boston because Boston, if 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 Brooklyn is the seventh seed, that ain't clear, man. That's not clear. Hey, I'll say let's that's all let's let's see yeah, what these play ends and then yeah, because it could get real it can get real real easy over there in Boston. Yeah, but let's let's go to the West. Golden State, uh Denver. I got Golden State in six. Not yeah. really not a real debate. Obviously, Jokic's gonna will them to one or two wins, but I got Golden State in, in six. Same. I got I got I got the Warriors in six. And then we can move on to that four or five matchup. Yeah, we with with the Luka news, which sucks for Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is gonna take a big hit for this. And it's sad because he had a great season, but that one mistake is gonna fuck him over. I think Utah wins now that Luka is out indefinitely. Well, not indefinitely, but he's out without Tomable return. So that means yeah. he could be out at least till game three or four. And that's recipe for disaster. So Utah wins by default. I hate it because I want 
I feel like if Utah loses this first round, it's a complete um, restructure in the summer. Uh, I'll say this: if Luca's not get, if Luca's not back by game three, and you don't and you don't split with Utah, if Utah goes up 2-0, then it's a wrap. And then I'll say Utah in five. But if if Dallas can somehow with home court advantage can hold on and get one at home and get Luca back in game three. And we don't know what Luca, how much better he's really going to truly be. I'm sure he's getting treatment around the clock, but, but yeah, you it'll be probably, if if that's the only situation I could see happening for for um for for Dallas for them to win. But if Luca ain't back by game three, then yeah, Utah definitely escapes, and then hopefully they they get their ass whooped in the next round, no matter who they play, because I like we said we'll we'll get into other matchups later on. Um, but this one, uh, Utah escapes. Yeah, that's, that's some lucky bullshit, man. But whatever. But before we close, man, make sure you watch that play in because this determines a lot for multiple seating options. This is going to be fun, man, as always. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We love to do this, so we appreciate all y'all. Yes, sir. We appreciate y'all, man. Like like my man Luke Foe said, just lock in, watch some good basketball today and tomorrow. It's definitely going to be exciting. Definitely see these teams get into their playoff mode, which this is the, the play-in is the playoffs for, for these teams right here. So let's get to it, man. And like we always say, we want to protect black women. We want to support the youth, man. And besides that, we out. Peace. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.